Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Again to Melissa Mobbs, acting editor of the Examiner newspaper with the week that was in news. Mel, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me again. And how was your week? Was it, was it a fabulous week? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We had quite a bit of news, some really sad news, um, a bit of political news, but it hasn't been too bad. Tell me, um, it, it really was sad news in, in regard to the helicopter mm. crash, wasn't it? The, I know that uh, that was at Piper's Brook and the um, ATSB, Australian Transport Safety Bureau, are still investigating, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it was incredibly sad. Um, we were just doing our usual thing in the newsroom when the call came through. And I mean, we cover this sort of thing all the time, but it was it's still a bit shocking when it happens. Um, so we had the ATSB investigators come on Tuesday in Tassie. Um, and these investigations do take quite a bit of time. Um, I think we're expecting a preliminary report in about eight weeks. So we're just going to have to see how that one plays out. But just really, really sad for the whole community, especially the firefighting community. And certainly a, a really highly respected uh pilot mm. as well that um, lost their life. Are they still looking, Mel, for um, anyone that may have witnessed the accident or saw the helicopter in any phase of its flight? Are they still looking for people to uh, put in their thoughts? Yeah, I believe they are. So anyone who witnessed uh, the crash or who even just saw the helicopter while it was in flight that day should contact ATSB. So I believe they have an email address, um, which I think off the top of my head is witness at ATSB. Dot gov.au. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have it in front of me. But that, That's exactly right. Witness yeah. at atsb.gov.au. Email any info you have if you saw it in any particular. It might help them uh, indeed. Mel, mm. yeah, good point. And COVID in schools, I mean, this is, mm. a, this is a, a cracker when you think about it because they're saying that um, the Premier says um, we shouldn't use the term outbreak. It could be misleading. And yet it is, um, and you read in the the paper, outbreak is defined by public health as five cases in a single learning environment within a week and students uh, or teachers who test positive must isolate at home. And we're talking five, we're talking a lot more than that. Yeah, it's a really interesting debate because obviously, as we both know, there may be only a few, I think we've got about 12 schools with outbreaks at the moment, but there's obviously going to be a lot more cases than that in the schools, just not defined as outbreaks. And I tend to agree with the Premier. I mean, the word outbreak, kind of makes people panic a little bit but the kids that are positive and their family members that may be positive they're not in the schools and this is why we have these outbreak management processes in place so i guess this was all to be expected it is it's interesting isn't it when they say um the student they've uh, have reported uh, reported in students from nearly half of um tasmania's yeah. government schools uh, according to the premier 99 schools had reported at least one case 13 schools across the state have experienced an outbreak of more than five cases in a class group six were government mm. schools four catholic and three independent um and there are 226 new cases of covid reported in the five to 19 year age group so i mean it's out there this omicron is um, it's it spreads quick it, yeah, it really does. I guess the comforting figures are those low ICU numbers. And while, sadly, we have had deaths since we've reopened, the numbers compared to the mainland have been quite low. So I guess, in my opinion, I think we have been doing quite well. And I know people who are directly impacted are still really nervous, but I think we have to have a bit of perspective compared to how Tassie is doing um, with the rest of the country and even the world. Mm. And I think the Pied Pipers delivered as more rats. Yes, yes. So, and I know a lot of the schools um, have got their masks and their their COVID kits in now. So, hopefully, we're getting closer to being able to to live with this um, in a more comfortable way. Yeah, it, it's it's well said. Living with it in a more comfortable way, it's 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 just so difficult, isn't it? And let's mm. face it, we we do know that 
somewhere, somehow, there's going to be a mention. I know Victoria, New South Wales, they've changed their um, their check-in um, apps and yep. they're less than that and they're also looking at mask mandates and uh, so, so without a doubt, there'll be um, something said with um, with our premier down the track. Speaking of which, too, um, it's interesting, isn't it, that the premier has um, reinstated his tourism and climate change portfolios mm. after dropping them in September because he was crook. Yeah, it's a, that's another interesting one because we've had uh, the premier raised yesterday. Obviously, there's a lot of conversation around restoring numbers of parliament and ministers being overworked, and he knows himself what it's like to be burnt out. He had to drop yeah. those portfolios last year. He wasn't doing well. Um, so I think there does need to be a discussion around the numbers. Um, so with Yench now, he's got education, children and youth, state growth, skills, training, workforce, growth, environment, Aboriginal affairs. There's a lot of big ticket items under those portfolios. And I don't think it's even a case of insulting the ability of the ministers. I think it's more a little insulting to the portfolios that we can't give them that more direct attention they deserve. Can't agree more with you, honestly. Mill, and especially, I'm look. I'm pleased that Nick Street's come in. I mean, promoted mm. to cabinet. I mean, uh, here what has he got? Sport and recreation, community services and development, yep. heritage, science and technology. But um, and he's been sort of well. What do you enter? Well, let me just remember. Uh, he entered what, uh, after a recount in 2016. Lost his seat 2018. Re-elected on a recount following the resignation of former Premier Will Hodgman, so he's back mm. in. At least he's got that. That might alleviate some of the pressure. But like you say, how it's Michael Ferguson um, and Roger Yench, they've got the big ones. And I mean, it, it's, they do. They do. There's a lot in, I guess, in education on its own. You've got COVID in schools at the moment. That's a really big issue to be dealing with. But then you've got Aboriginal treaty. You've got Tasmanian reforms. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot to be handling all at once. And like I said, it's not a criticism on Yench or his ability. It's more, I think, that those portfolios need a little bit more dedication than one person could possibly give. Can you imagine the people behind the scenes, Mel? I mean, I know, mm. I know the examiner said Yench is unfazed at the workload stress yep. of the story there, but... It was. I mean, I, I tend to think those people that are right the way back, think they're going to be doing, their workload is going to be immense. Yeah, it is a lot of work. And the Premier said something interesting in his press conference yesterday, which I think was a little bit of a joke as well, saying that the media adds a lot of stress to ministers, but it's our job to hold them accountable um, and that's part of their responsibility. So I don't think that that should be considered a factor there. I think that the workload is a little bit unreasonable. Um, and I think that that conversation does need to be had about restoring numbers. I agree. I mean, it's 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 the job, isn't it? You've got to sort of question. Mm. You know, I, I try and question as much as I can, although I do it a lot more po- politely than others have <laughs> in the past. But um, yeah. what do you think about the Premier taking back, though, the ones that he gave up after his health scare? Um, I know that tourism particularly were quite pleased with that, and I think the Premier does a really good job with his portfolios. Mm. Um but yeah, like I was saying before, it's just interesting that it got a little bit too much last year and I understand there was the whole added element of a pandemic, um, but it'll be interesting to see if it, if it doesn't impact him this year because we still are dealing with a pandemic and we're still dealing with low numbers. Oh, too right. Let's move on to unemployment. Isn't it interesting that um, the state's recorded the lowest unemployment rate mm. on record? 3.8% number is the lowest since 1978, I believe, when the Australian Bureau of Stats Labor Force Survey was first introduced. 3.8%. Yeah, my understanding is part of it is because less people are looking for jobs now, so they're not counted in the job seeker stats as mm. um, such. But 
overall, I think it's a really positive story, especially when we're coming out of a pandemic where businesses and industries were really heavily impacted. I'm actually curious if a little bit is to do with people maybe being grateful just to be employed and are taking on opportunities they may have previously passed up. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but interesting. Mm. No, it is. It's a good point. I know uh, in the examiner, the ABS, you wrote, uh, estimated the unemployment rate edged down from 3.9% in December to 3.8% and the estimated number of uh, employed Tasmanians fell by 1,400 to 259,100 between December and January after hitting a record of 261,900 in September. Look, it's uh, it's good figures and better some, than other states, but I know that, um, for example, if you get hold of an uh, economist or uh, uh, someone mm. else, they'll probably start to hack that to bits and uh, that w- will be changed. They'll say, no, it's not as good as it sounds, but still it uh, yeah. it does look good at the moment. It does, yep. And I think if you talk to people sort of every day in the community, there are still a lot of people looking for work. Oh, um, and there are a lot of lot of industries that are still trying to bounce back from the pandemic and um, increase their staffing levels. So I don't think it is as great as it looks, but it's definitely positive. It's a, it's it makes interesting reading when you when you read about the Premier too and his um, bid for the Commonwealth Games. Mm. And then was it was it um, really aspiration or just to distract attention from Sarah Courtney's sudden departure? Yeah, I'm not sure about the distraction conversation. Um, I don't know whether the Premier saw Sarah Courtney coming much uh, more than we did, Um, but I guess it makes sense. I was a little bit confused when the bid came out, just in relation to infrastructure. It would have to be quite a big infrastructure commitment, although it would have been really positive for Tasmania. I don't know where all of that infrastructure would have come from or ended up Mm. and whether we would have made use of it after the Games. I think it makes sense with Melbourne. They have the infrastructure there. And the Premier has talked about co-hosting with Victoria. So I don't think it's completely off the table. Um, Just probably going to look a little different than his initial idea. I think so too. I look, it, it, realistically, it would be the co-host side of it. Um, if, if Victoria gives us one or two, would would be very, very good for the state. I don't think you know. Yep. But you're spot on. I mean, where we're going to get the money when when money needs to be spent in other areas like health, etc. Et um, people would certainly be jumping up and down. It's great to bring more people in, but even now, when we're talking about bringing more people in, people are concerned because of Omicron. Yeah. So and there's also sorry. No, you go on. Yeah, there's just also been discussion around the struggles at the moment to, to find accommodation for Tasmanians as it is, let alone bringing in thousands of extra athletes and people coming into yeah. the game. So we're kind of already struggling with housing and um, giving people places to live. Uh, and we, we're talking about bringing in a lot more people into the state. It is. It's And so true. How difficult is it? I mean, and, and social housing in particular is ridiculous. And I know they say they're trying hard, and I'm sure they are, but it's also, mm. um, I, I feel, for the builders. I mean, builders in the yep. state are, are going through a tough time just getting the product to put the house up. Yep. Yeah, the building industry is just uh, insane at the moment, um, and it's a real struggle for people. I know myself, I built recently, and we got in just before the big boom happened, and it was still a really big delay. And a lot of people are just stuck with, um, their houses sitting in limbo and it's really stressful when you are trying to just find somewhere for your family to live um, and you just don't know what's going to happen and you can't get the supplies and, and obviously the prices go up. Um, so it's a really tough time to be building at the moment. Oh, look, if it you is. Are, if you're privileged enough to build. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it too because we've had stories through this program. People have really done it tough. It's just... Uh, uh, Quite, uh, mm. quite dreadful. But listen, uh, lovely to talk to you again, uh, Mel. I really appreciate your time this morning. 
Thank you very much, Mike. Cheers. And we'll talk again soon. Melissa Mobbs, of course, is the acting editor of the Examiner newspaper in the, the week that was in news. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.